this will definitely be absolutely positively the last episode do about sex for a month okay I've been waiting for this day to come because when you have that rest in your soul that's the key thing is to have that for you and so that other people can find that rest in you too okay so I want to start off correctly mindbodygreen.com okay this is contributing sex relationships edited by Kelly Gonzalez what does casual dating really mean a guide for making it work February 3rd 2021 obviously you know where I'm going with this in terms of my honesty so let's keep on like many relationship labels people use these days the term casual dating often gets thrown around a little well casually so let's get this back straight here for a second what exactly does it mean to be casually dating someone what is casual dating casual dating is a type of relationship between people who go on dates and spend time together in an ongoing way without the expectation of entering into a long-term committed relationship casually dating someone usually means you like them enough to want to hang out with them regularly but are either not ready for a serious relationship or just don't want one whether that's in general or just with this person in particular i'm going to be honest and say i never want a serious relationship i never want to be a family person what does those mean i do not want to parent i do not want a monogamous relationship I do not want marriage. I do not want to be engaged. I do not want to, I don't want betrothal. You know, I don't want to be betrothed. Meaning, I don't want to do any courting. Um, I do not have the gift of marriage and I do not have the gift of parenting. I would, I would make an excellent parent and an excellent spouse and an excellent serious relationship person. I would make an excellent committed relationship person because I'm perfect at monogamy and I'm damn near perfect at parenting. But at the same time, those aren't things that I want. So for, for this time, I'll say I never want a serious relationship because I am that drawn to my own individuality and I am that magnetized by my own autonomy. And I am naturally, ethically non-monogamous. All right. There's no commitment, possibly lack of interest in establishing a serious, meaningful relationship. Couples therapist Rassin Henry, PhD, LMFT, tells NBG. The bottom line is a hard, fast boundary around the depth of emotional intimacy and attachment. People might be casually dating each other exclusively, meaning they are not dating other people, though usually the term casual dating implies that it isn't exclusive. What's the point of casual dating? Casual dating can sometimes lead to serious relationship and can be one of the early stages of relationship. Or in other situations, uh, people choose to keep things casual because they specifically don't want further emotional attachment with the other person. 
There are a lot of reasons people get attached to raging for wanting to gain more interpersonal experience with people to whom you attach to avoid an emotional attachment that comes with deeper levels of commitment to just wanting to have fun, sex, and dating approach. Aisha Battle MS tells MDG. A lot of my clients are casually dating until someone perceives themselves as a viable long term partner, so sometimes to stop the gap between relationships. Here's for me. I don't mind emotional attachment, even in my casual life. People are like, what? Isn't that a hypocritical contradiction? No. Because I can care about your thoughts and feelings, even if I don't put a ring on it. I can care about your thoughts and feelings, even if we never have our own wedding day. I can care about your thoughts and feelings, even if you can see other people and I can see other people. You know what I mean? You don't have to be heartless with people. You don't have to treat a person casually just because you have a mutually enthusiastically consenting casual sexual relationship. Hmm. So I don't mind deeper levels of commitment when it comes to uh, a stronger compassion towards my um, casual partners and their stronger compassion to me. So that's how I define deep levels of commitment. To me, it has nothing to do with this relationship. It's every time I'm around me or each day that we interact or just as every day goes by, I want to be better at being kind and sweet and gentle and sensitive and sensible towards you and all those things from you to me, from you to me, yes. And more importantly, to each other, from each other to each other. So I don't mind interpersonal experiences with people that I'm attracted to um, either, but I do just want to have fun. But my partner, I just want, I, I am just wanting to have ethical fun, humane fun. Okay, casual dating versus hooking up versus friends with benefits. Okay, casual dating, hooking up with friends with benefits are, are, are all related concepts that think in certain ways. Casual dating may or may not involve having sex. Battle notes. Though some people use the terms casual dating, casual sex, and exchangeable. For me, casual dating and casual sex are interchangeable for me. So yes, my casual dating may involve having sex because it does involve having sex. But hooking up and friends with benefits both definitely involve some form of physical intimacy. Now that is true for me. I think my hooking up and my having friends with benefits definitely involve physical intimacy. That is true. Obviously, the sexual intimacy is there, but physical intimacy could be. Um, I'll tell you what my physical intimacy means because I also do what is called romantic friendships. I am into holding hands, I'm into cuddling, I'm into hugging, I'm into kissing, I'm, I'm into giving massages, I'm into sharing a bed, I'm into sexual intercourse, and I'm into other sexual expressions sexual expressions so yes my casual dating is a romantic friendship it's like we do everything couples do we just never agree to be uh, a couple 
Couplings, though, not a couple. That's fine. And what is this relationship for me, especially in a casual relationship? I'll tell you. I'll gladly tell you. Um, again, I may repeat myself, but it's okay. I do. Um, I'm in. I'm inside uh, their personal space with their permission, holding hands, hugging, kissing, caressing, sexual activity with their permission, of course. That means I also do caressing and tickling, massaging, touching heads, and public displays of affection and maintaining eye contact, touching, and kissing, hugging, holding, touching, feeding myself, and having fun. Um, you know, uh, consensual, intimate sexual contact. And, um, Encroaching on their personal space with enthusiastic consent. And, you know, bathing together. As well as having close friendship, sexual attraction, compassionate love between us. Handshakes and greeting, waves, those kind of things, the winking. But we also have emotional intimacy in our um, by casual dating, if you will. So we completely accept each other as we are. We can openly share our deepest thoughts and feelings with each other. We care deeply for each other. We will really, we willingly help each other in any way. And our thoughts and our feelings are understood and affirmed by each other. Then there is social support, psychological, physical well-being, and um, the caring of each other's health. There is trust. There is a sense of community. There's often of mutual support. There's um, mature conversation. There's deep deep intimacy requires high love, transparency. Deep intimacy requires a high level of transparency and openness. That's what we have. We have effective verbal communication. We have effective nonverbal communication. We have healthy comfort, healthy effectiveness, and healthy mutual experience of healthy closeness because we also have healthy intimate conversation, talking and implied through expression. For example, we talk it out well. And we sit in close and apart, bridge in silence well. We're mutually sharing of one another's deepest selves. We have uh, disclosing thoughts, feelings, and emotional mutual understanding. We have like sharing duties with or without commentary sometimes. Uh, we're comfortable with each other. We have great moments, but the tough moments don't come from us. It comes from things outside of us that we don't have to take out each other. We have been maturing well together. And we communicate our feelings how much we care. And um, we take our time to be with each other throughout the duration of what we have together relationally, relationship. And um, we're honest, we're expressing appreciation between the communicating. That's what we have, that's what we do together. We have a stable emotional uh, intimacy. We have a sentiment of shared purpose and belonging. So there's compassion, acceptance, there's um, empathetic love, there's empathy, sympathy, 
emotional intelligence, emotional self-regulation, self-control, and self-discipline that are all good with each other. Lastly, emotional intimacy. Basically, our emotional intimacy involves a perception of closeness to another that allows sharing of personal feelings. We talked about expectations, understanding, affirmation, demonstration, and caring. That's what I have when it comes to my casual dating. Guys, I'm back from casual relationships. By the way, I said casual. Okay. Now you know. Let me get back to what I was talking Being friends with benefits usually involves hanging out regularly in a non-romantic way with sex as a main feature of your get-togethers, which is all true for me. Whereas hooking up is a more general term to describe meeting to people who are engaging in a form of physical activity. Yeah, so I do casual dating, I do casual sex, I do casual relationships. I, I, I am hooking up, I have friends with benefits. Okay, the benefits of casual dating when it comes to me. I get to have romance and touch in my life without the commitments of a serious relationship or long-term serious relationship because I don't mind long-term casual relationships. I have people to hang out with in my downtime. I have people to do quote-unquote couple and quote-unquote relationship things with, but without the commitment. I can get to know people in laid-back, pressure-free ways. I date multiple people at the same time. I can have sex with more than one regular partner. True for me. I get to spend time with people I like who like me back. I can get to know people in casual ways while deciding that I do not want to pursue a serious relationship with them. I can determine if someone isn't a good fit for a long-term casual relationship before actually entering into a long-term casual relationship with them. I can enjoy spending time with people I like even though I know we wouldn't make a great monogamous serious relationship couple in the long I can enjoy dating people without having to share my whole life with them if that is something that we agree to. I don't mind sharing my whole life with them. It depends on what we have and don't have. It's called truthfulness between people, between persons. I can enjoy the fun parts of dating without a lot of the more mundane and difficult parts maintaining a long-term serious partnership, serious relationship, if you will. Things aren't purely sexually usually. Myself and the persons generally like spending time with each other even when we're not having sex. 
I have more independence and flexibility since I don't have to totally sync my life up with other people's lives. If that is what we choose, we may choose something different. Every partner is different. And more importantly, every partner is diverse. Diversity is good differences. I don't need to find the quote-unquote perfect partner. I can enjoy spending time with anyone who I find fun to be around, even if they're not the quote-unquote perfect long-term relationship partner fit for me. My partners are perfect for me. I don't define perfection as flawlessness. I define it as completeness and maturity. Mm. So, here's what I want to say. So, the risk of casual dating. One person may start to form real romantic feelings or emotional attachment to another person. Another person may not feel the same way. That wouldn't happen to me because I wouldn't pick someone that wanted seriousness. When it comes to, you know, let's start casual and, okay, let's be committed. I would pick somebody that's strictly casual because that's the way I am. But if that were to happen to me, I would break it off kindly and say, um, I don't want to lie to myself and give a person something that they want that I don't want. I don't want monogamy. I don't want to be a family person. So I would just be honest. And then it says, if you develop feelings for another person, they don't feel the same feeling of getting hurt. Hmm. Never would happen to me. Um, if the other person develops feelings for you and you don't feel the same way, you may end up feeling guilty about hurting that person. That would never happen to me. Some people may not communicate clearly about what they want from casual dating, causing misunderstandings, hurt feelings. That wouldn't happen to me. I wouldn't pick a person that would, that would, um, the communication is so bad that we're confused. Now, some people may use casual dating as an excuse to avoid communicating about needs and boundaries. That is so not my problem. Some people may use casual dating as an excuse to be careless, selfish, or dismissive of the person's needs. That is so not my problem. Some people may use casual dating as an excuse to lie to the, to the other person. That is so not my problem. Some people may say they want to casual date, but in reality, they're helping their first relationship. That is so not my problem. If relationship isn't exclusive, there may be a higher risk to require sexual transmission and affection. That's not my problem because I am a sexually wise person. Sexually wisdom, I'm the epitome of that. There's a possibility for jealousy of one of both parties, also being other people. So, not my problem. Tips for a successful casual dating. One, know what you want and why you want. It's a good idea to think about what you want from your dating experience so you can communicate that with casual partners, Tyler says. Not everyone you meet will be down to envision, so if you are clear, you will save everyone some time and energy. Plus, putting what you're really looking for out there first is the best way to attract people on a similar path. So tip number one, I do that all the time. Number two. Tell your partner exactly what you want from the relationship. Just because you keep things casual doesn't mean you don't need to define the relationship. On the contrary, both battle and humor stress important to 
Communicating very clearly about what you want from your guy's relationship. Be as explicit in your communication as possible when you're recommending this. What are the boundaries? What actions or expectations will be crossing the line? What kind of veto powers allow? Tip number two, I apply that well all the time. Just like number one, I apply that all the time too. Number three, be honest with yourself. People sometimes like to give a cash relationship but don't actually enjoy it once they're in it. Or you might agree to cash and dating someone just because you like them and you use the term and you just went along with it. To avoid getting hurt or any other kinds of misunderstandings, it's important to be real with yourself about whether cash or dating is what you need. It's okay if the answer is no. Be honest with yourself about why you're pursuing this kind of relationship, especially if you're a serial, monogamous, serious dater and you say, I am not a serial monogamous and I'm not a serious dater. That's true about me. Henry says, check in with yourself often about what this relationship you need. If not, speak up, let your partner know. So, tip number three, I apply well, not apply all the time. For check in often, after you establish a casual dating relationship with someone, it's helpful to periodically check in and make sure everyone's feeling good about the dynamic. It could be as simple as asking over dinner on a bed or cuddling. Hey, how are you feeling about the time we're spending together? I'm enjoying it. I like keeping things casual. How about you? Give each other space to voice any needs and discomfort and suggested changes to the dynamic. Just because things are casual doesn't mean you shouldn't care about each other's feelings and needs. That's my favorite part about the whole being in a relationship with other people, especially casual. Nothing wrong. I care about people's feelings and needs in non-casual relationships, you know, like colleagues, friendships, and my chosen family, but even casual, I apply casual. Number four, tip. The tip I apply well and I apply all the time. Number five, communicate if things aren't going as planned. If you realize you're not getting what you want from a casual dating experience, you can say something. Maybe you've actually developed more serious romantic feelings, or maybe you just feel like your casual partner is being a little too flaky, disrespectful of your time. Or perhaps your casual partner is asking for too much of your time and your attention and you're able to give. Initiate a conversation about what you're feeling and where you stand on your says It doesn't have to mean you want something serious, but just because the relationship is casual doesn't mean you should be unsatisfied. Mmm, I appreciate that relationship. Tip number five, I apply well and I apply all the time. Six, stay true to yourself. There is still a stigma against casual dating, so be prepared for that battle bonus. Whatever your reason for keeping casual, you may run across people judging not wanting to take them to the next level. That's why being super clear on your why and communicating, it can be really helpful. Not everyone may align with your definition of casual dating, and that's okay. Find the people who are down to have the type of casual relationship you're looking for, and be okay with saying goodbye to the people who aren't on the same page. It's, and, and tip number six, I apply well and I apply all the time. Is a casual relationship worth it? Any relationship experience is worth it as long as it reflects what a person really wants and it's a comfortable and safe space. Dating doesn't have to lead to a long-term relationship with marriage. He says a person can be a serial casual dater in a very healthy, positive way. Ooh, I'm a serial casual dater. Yay me! A casual relationship is totally worth it. What if a casual relationship is totally worth it if what you want is something non-committal to short term? Well, I'm open to non-committal to short term. I prefer non-committal to long term. But I'm okay with non-committal medium term too. That's between short and long term. It may not be worth it for someone who's 
really is holding out hope for something more serious or for someone thinks you want a lot of commitment and exclusivity in a relationship. How to know casual dating, right? Yeah. If the benefits described above sound worth the looks sound worth the risk, casual dating might be a good fit for you. It sure enough is. In general, casual dating requires someone who can enjoy an open-ended, non-exclusive relationship. That's me, yours truly. You have to be really honest with yourself about what you want and what your motivation for picking that relationship is with yourself. If you truly believe you can handle the lack of commitment and open to casual dating you might be for you, it actually is for me. I just love repeating myself in, 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 in happy ways. Henry recommends exercising caution on casual dating if you have been hurt in past relationships and are just trying something different to protect yourself. That's not me. Have to, have to convince have to keep convincing yourself that it's fine. That's not me. Feel bothered, hurt by the different casual partners being casual with someone else and their others. That's not me. In such cases, Henry says you probably want a more serious committed relationship arrangement. You deserve that. Just be patient with the find it with the right person the same thing. Well, I am that good at casual. Okay, I am into, I'm a practitioner of ethical promiscuity because I'm a naturally ethically promiscuous person, meaning I want to have as much ethical, humane sex with as many ethical, humane sex partners as I possibly can. And because I think that I'm going to have more ethical humane sex than I imagine and I'm going to have much more ethical sex partners than I assume. Hmm. So what does my ethical promiscuity consist of? Meaning it's that I am open and honest about my intentions and that I naturally meet and greet organically um people of both inner beauty and outer beauty. Uh, no one is strung along. No one is damaged. Um, there is safer sex. No crime. No abuse. No violence, no trauma, no victimization, no infidelity. We don't do the type of things that can land us on SNAP or an or investigation discovery channel or love scoring kills or deadly affairs or Fatal attraction, no. None of those things happen. We don't do Maury show, Steve Wilco show, Jerry Springer show, tabloid behavior at all. Um, it's healthy empowerment. I don't have any commitment issues. I don't have any jealousy issues. I don't have any male pig issues, I don't have any um, toxic masculinity, I don't have any hypermasculinity, I don't have any 
sexual callous attitude towards anybody, not even myself. Um, I don't have any body hatred issues. I don't have any sexual performance issues. Um, I don't have any envy issues. I'm really not jealous type, just want to reiterate. I don't have any scared to be a parent issues. I don't have any fear of marriage issues. I don't fear commitment, like I said. Nothing about that screams unhealed child abuse because mine is healed and I heal it every day. Purposely. And nobody is treated as disposable, not even myself. Um, I don't use I don't use sex to stroke my ego. I don't use sex to determine my value. I have the confidence to always not hang any of my value on what society says about living up to manhood. Um, the type of manhood that's advocated women, none of those things are my issues. I am extra clear and upfront about my intentions. I err on the side of caution. I would say that most of my intimacies with people do not involve sexual intimacy. Most of my intimacies with people involve interpersonal um, intimacy, social intimacy, uh, intellectual intimacy, psychological intimacy, emotional. Most of my relationships have those intimacies. Very few of my relationships have sexual intimacies. Um, so that's what it's like for me. I engage in sexual behavior with people safe but using appropriate contraception and disclosing the person's risk. Essentially, all parties are on the same page about what's happening or going to the arrangements without reservation, impairment, or coercion. Honestly, all parties understand the nature of the relationship, however, you know, however we do it. And that there's nothing in my behavior that could be considered unethical or below board. And I have a strong tendency to naturally meet and greet people who turn out to be my sexual partners. There's no objectification. There's no self-objectification. There's no commodification. No bodily integrity is 
violated and all of our human rights are fully honored and fully free of any kind of violation violation so there's no sexual objectification there's no objectification there's LGBTQ plus persons objectification so Thank you all for taking this. I want to talk about myself when it comes to open relationships. It's an open relationship right for you and that God, sex therapist, by Justice Irwin and MMA, January 7, 2019. As we take stock of our lives to get it to be good, perhaps you're considering what an open relationship is like for you there's some research show that older people, traditionally non-monogamous relationships, are happier than monogamous people. Other research says that open relationships don't result in more sexual satisfaction. Since scientists have gone to give you the definitive answer about whether or not monogamous is best, let's take a look at some of the reasons people choose consensual monogamous. What might make it a bad idea for them to part? How does an open relationship work? First, let's core tenet of the practice is honesty and peace. There's no secrecy or coercion involved. CNN, again, consensual non-monogamy, is an agreement made between partners to have other sexually and slash emotionally intimate partners. There are various forms this can take. So I want to say on record that I decided to be in open relationships. All of my consensual non-monogamous relationships involve honesty and consent and all of my CNM relationships involve no secrecy and involve no coercion. My CNM is an agreement made between my partners that are sexually slash emotionally to partners and this agreement made between a partner that I can have sex in and other emotions and partners do. For example, some of the more popular arrangements include swinging, a practice where a couple goes out together and enjoys sexual encounters with other people, sometimes together, sometimes separately. So, swinging is what I mean. Open relationships generally involve an agreement that each partner can have sex with other people under various conditions and specific limitations. I do open relationships. Polyamory. I practice having more than one committed partner. I do polyamory. And when they say committed, I'm talking about um, committed to honoring each other. Settle down, tied down, There are many ways to implement CNN in your relationship. The key is to be clear about exactly what you want your partner, about what you and your partner or partners want to describe. That's for me too. That works for me. I have to know if an open relationship is right for you. People choose CNN for a variety of reasons. Many people reject the idea of monogamy on principle. That's me. They may view monogamy as an intrusive societal restraint. I feel that way. 
a holdover from the possessive view of marriage. I feel that way or evolutionally inappropriate. I feel that way too. Given the high rates of infidelity and the fact that they attract other people, many people are in open relationships explore these interests as complete transparency. That would be me. Recognizing that no one person can meet all our needs, that's how I feel. Some couples that choose not monogamy due to the growth and development of their own relationship. I'm down with that. Even though I don't do anything out of the issue of infidelity, I just do the whole, hey, I'm attracted to other people thing. That's where I go. Um, the level of communication support CNN requires to be very rich for a couple. That, that applies to me. Others do it to explore sex and arrive at diversity. That's really me. Whether it's because they have different interests that can't be met within the permanent relationship or because they value sexual variety. I would say primarily I value sexual variety, but also I do have different interests that can't be met within my primary relationship and non primary relationships. That said, there are some reasons that exploring non monogamy may be a bad idea. It isn't going to solve the problems of relationships, sexual or otherwise. Just like it's not a good idea to have kids save the relationship, you wouldn't want to open your relationship to save it either. It takes a solid foundation to move into non-monogamy. You have issues with your partner, fix those first. It's also a problem with going to CNN if you're only doing it to keep your partner. It's important that both people truly want this relationship. If one is doing it out of pressure, coercion, or desperation, it's not going to be successful. It's also likely going to be a problem if either of you struggles with emotions, communication, knowing their own boundaries. Seeing requires a high degree of emotional intelligence and emotional recognition. To be successful CNN, that is, to make sure you improve your relationship by making a change, not damaging it, requires that your partner has the skills as well as commitment to each other in the process. You need self-awareness about your feelings, your wants, and maintain your boundaries. You want to be able to advocate for yourself as you define your relationship structure. Additionally, you and your partner need a strong ability to communicate clearly and effectively, especially through high emotion. CNM often brings up strong feelings, including jealousy and insecurity, and the two of you need to be able to talk about what's happening and work it together. You also need a basic respect and concern for each other. Potential non-monogamy is not going to work if one of you is set on feeling what you want, regardless of the impact on your partner. It's also important to understand. That one or both of you may experience jealousy or constellation of feelings that includes insecurity, envy, possessiveness, and inadequacy of feeling left out among others. Not everyone struggles with these feelings. In fact, some research suggests some people are more prone to them than others, but many do. Some people view these responses as learned and they work to overcome these emotional tendencies. Others view them as innate emotions that work to communicate and regulate their own emotional state. Consider whether you may be a jealousy prone person. I respond to jealousy when you do feel it, and whether you believe you or your partner can work through it successfully time and time again. Clear communication, good self care, advocating for what you need, and judgment, boundaries, and dreams can help you get through. See the following section and keep in mind that many people experience the opposite of jealousy and experience called conversion. That would be me, where I take joy in your partner versus others' experiences. That's me. None of these issues that have been addressed have anything to do with me. I should clarify that. Lastly, CNN should not follow an affair or involve any suits. Doesn't include me either. It needs to be free of any stain of dishonesty and fidelity for it to work. That's definitely me.
how to begin opening up your relationship. If you're going to open up your relationship, you should have a clear view of exactly what you and your partner each one expect. It helps to have clear agreements that show you open your relationship. There are a few questions you should consider and come to an agreement on before getting started. Who can each of you entertain and who is off limits? Strings only? Or are you each okay having sexual interaction to keep you both known? Are there are specific kinks that you don't want your partner involved with. Where are these encounters happening? Are you okay with your partner having someone come to your home? Do you only want these friends to happen out of town or sleepovers okay? Do you want your partner to always come home to you at night? How often do you imagine that each of you will be involved with others? Do you want to share all the experiences or is it okay for you each to have separate lovers? Consider disclosure. Do you want to know in advance about the partner's escapades? Do you want to know after? What level of detail do you each expect to receive? What about veto power? Do you want either of you to be able to say no to any given encounter? These are all the conversations that I have with the same partner partners. There are just some of the questions you want to consider if you're serious about implementing CNM in your relationship. You can check out opening up or the ethical slut for more guidance. You might want to start with a few more limitations and loosen those as you go towards purpose. Many people make a conscious choice to gain a novice relationship and are having satisfied. Many others enjoy relationship structure like those described above that allow for other partners. There's no right or wrong in what you choose, but make sure it fits your desires and is what you want in a relationship. The goal is to create an intimate partnership that works the best for both of you. I do have relationships. Cuckolding. What is it why people love it? And five beginner tips. MBG contributed by Ashley Uzer, MBA. Expert reviewed by Chris Overstreet, PhD, LPCC, LMHC, CST. Last update on February 19, 2020. Cuckolding is one of the things that for many of us only seems to exist in porn. While some people might wonder why on earth our buddy would be into their partner picking up a physically attractive person from the bar down the street for some Friday night fun, there's plenty of people who desperately wish their partner was down for a little cuck play. This erotic scenario doesn't need to remain in fantasy. If you're curious, here's everything you need to know about cuckolding and how to try with your partner. I like to use inclusive language. I don't like to stick with one gender when I talk about people. Here we go. What is cuckolding? A cuckold is someone who takes pleasure in watching their partner have sex with someone else. Traditionally, Traditionally, it's a man whose wife or girlfriend is having sex with other people. And there's elements of the man being mocked for his wife's lack of sexual interest in him but since we're non-traditional modern era it's a person whose partner casual or committed is having sex with other people it's an element of the person being mocked for their partner's lack of sexual interest in them but of course, cuckolding can be enjoyed by couples of any sexual orientation, genders, and roles, and there's a white and lack of genders. Mm. Yeah. And sex characteristics too. And gender identity. And there's a wide spectrum of ways that the couple 
BC affairs with the third party. In some instances, it's more like an open relationship where only one partner has other lovers. Now, I'm okay. I'm personally okay with my partner's like, look, I'll just sleep with you, and you can sleep with whomever you deem is ethical and humane for your life, which I go, yes. For most couples, of course, are elements of cuckolding. It looks a bit more like swinging or polyamory. But the primary focus is all on the partner's sexual engagements. David Lay PhD, clinical psychologist and author of, of Insatiable Wives, Women Who Strain, and Men Who Love Their Dozen DB. While many cuckolding fantasies involve fairly extreme elements of infidelity, sexual behaviors, humiliation, and submission, these appear to mostly be fantasy in most couples. In many cuckolding cases, the cuck deserves to actually watch the sex take place between their partner and outsider, also referred to as the bull. But sometimes the cuck may just want to hear the details afterward or even help their partner pick out their outfit beforehand. Where's the. Okay, okay, I know that people are wondering. What about. So, where are you, Antonio? I would say I actually desire to watch the sex take place between my partners and the outsiders of the same place as the bull. And I, you know, as the cafe. And also, um, I know that my partners desire to actually watch me have sex that takes place between myself and the outsiders of the as the bull. Uh, sometimes I just want to hear the details afterward. Sometimes my partners may just want to hear the details afterward. Or they even help me pick out the outfit beforehand, or I may help them pick out the outfit beforehand. Where the word cuckold comes from? Believe it or not, the word cuckold is actually derived from the cuckoo bird. Female cuckoo birds are known for sneaking into other birds' nests to lay their eggs. Therefore, leaving another bird to take care of their eggs ensure they hatch safely. Here's where it gets kind of bleak, but it's the animal kingdom, so stick with me. The cuckoo, the cuckoo hatchling goes fasting the other non-cuckoo eggs. The unsuspecting adopted parents will be confused, but will constantly feed it and eventually toss its smaller nestmates to their death to make room for the largest egg. The word cuckoo rose in medieval times to describe men with unfaithful wives, clearly misogyny misogynistic in nature. That's clearly a deep violation of ladies, sorry. Specifically in reference to men raising kids that were clearly not biological age on again, the misogyny is much worse than back then because they didn't have a concept of women's rights, but we damn sure fucking do right now. Today in some forms of cuckold fantasy, some men will even fantasize about part of being pregnant by one of her lovers. Because impregnation can happen to people of the entire gender sexual diversity, I would say today in some forms of cuckold fantasy, some partners will even fantasize about their partners being impregnated by one of their lovers. Why do people like it? Like many kinks, often people find it bizarre that someone could be turned on by their partner sleeping with someone else, especially because we live in a mostly monogamous society. But there are tons of reasons people they say generally men, I just say generally people in general are into cuckold. I know I'm into cuckolding. 
I'm into my partner's watching me, and I'm into watching my partner. One, compersion. Compersion is a word that means to take joy from another person's joy. It's often used among consensually non-monogamous people as a reason some folks enjoy quote-unquote sharing their partner or something they learn to appreciate along the way to help them battle potential jealousy. Me, I don't have any potential jealousy. It's something that I enjoy witnessing. I, I'm, I'm a naturally compersion-minded person. I just appreciate what other people are doing and who they're doing it with, and I enjoy sharing my partner. That's true. I enjoy my partner sharing me. There's no potential jealousy when it comes to me to me. Put it simply, some people enjoy cuckolding because they take pleasure in their partner being pleasure. That's me. And I, and to put it simply, my partners enjoy cuckolding because they take pleasure in my being pleasure too. Two, the taboo element. One reason people are confused by this fetish is the same reason people are into it. And this goes for many fetishes and kinks. In our culture, you're not quote unquote supposed to want your partner to sleep with someone else. And certainly under your own roof or in front of your own eyes, which is what can make cut cold and even more arousing and stuff. Yeah, for me, I want my partner sleeping with other people. And my partners want me sleeping with other people. And, you know, our culture says, well, certainly not under your own roof. Actually, I don't mind that under my own roof. And my parts don't mind it on their own roof. You, in front of your own eyes, our culture says don't do that. We do that. My partners and I, yes, in front of our eyes, we do. And that is why we find cuckolding even more arousing to us. So through exploring sexual orientation, in some cases, cuckolding may be a safe place for a man explores special interest in other men. Larry says the man can essentially use their wives to proxy for him and have with the man. So he explains, let me make it gender and sexually inclusive. They're exploring sexual orientation. In some cases, cuckolding may be a safe place for people to explore their potential interests in other people that they are attracted to outside of the traditional box. They says the person can essentially use their life partner as a proxy for them having sex with the other people. For me, it is about exploring sexual orientation. For me, it's cuckolding is a safe space for me to explore my actual interest in people of all gender identities, all sexual orientations, and all sex characteristics. And lack of genders too. So I, I'm exploring my sexual orientation, exploring my sex characteristics, and exploring my gender identities. My partners do all the same things as well. For power dynamics, many people enjoy the submissive aspect of cuckolding. They want to engage in power dynamics that involve serving their partner and helping them find slash complete the alpha part of the whole. And they even enjoy the humiliation that comes from feeling like another person can please their partner better than they can. And they'll want their partner to play up this idea with dirty talk or reporting back the sexual acts that took place. Some extreme BDSM cuckold employee can see the cuckold locked in a box while a man is in full engagement in the course on top of the box. You can also find videos of the cock cleaning up after sexual acts or the degrading acts involved in helping the boy and female partner enjoy themselves. 
Oh yes, my partners and I, we do it for power dynamics. And we like Dirty Talk, BDSM. By candlism. Candlism does involve me talk about cases where the husband gets a thrill of pride from having a wife the other men want and from showing their offside sharing of those men to when they delay. Mentors cuckolding for this reason, primarily there's a good chance it's more like a hot wife than cuckolding. Let me make it gender sexually that inclusive. The candles of fetish involved in many cuckolding cases where the partner gets a thrill of pride from having a partner that other people want and from showing them off slash sharing them with those people. When they lay a person enjoys cuckolding for this reason primarily, there's a good chance they're more into hot partnering than cuckolding. So my partners and I, we love to have a thrill and pride from having each other as massive hotties that other people want. And we love showing each other off and we love sharing each other with those massive hotties that want us. And we enjoy cuckolding for this reason probably because there's a good chance we're more into hot partnering than cuckolding. So we're, we're, we're happy that we are massive hotties to other people and that other people who are massive hotties want us. So candidalism applies to a six porn. Many of us enjoy watching porn and have sex in the form of pornography, right? Again, many of us enjoy watching people have sex in the form of pornography, right? Some men feel that through cuckold they would have their own private porn star performing them at home. Let's make it gender sexual diversity. Six porn. Many of us enjoy watching people have sex in the form of pornography, right? Some men feel that though cuckolding they're able to have their own private some people I'm sorry. Some people feel that through cuckolding they're able to have their own private porn star performing them at home. My partner's night, we are each other's private porn stars. In this case, we are each other's public porn stars because the podcast is public and people hear it. There you go. So yeah, we enjoy watching people have sex for pornography. Seven competition. Some research suggests that there are men who turn the charge of sexual jealousy over being cuckold into a turbo charge of erotic excitement as they reclaim their wife. Lay explains this biological urge sometimes referred to as sperm competition theory and proposed that watching a partner with another man could lead to the cock having more intense orgasm, more sperm than ejaculate, physically being able to have sex soon after. Have an orgasm, otherwise known as a shorter refractory period. Um, I want to say this in a gender and sexually inclusive way. Some research says that there are people who turn the charge of sexual jealousy of being cuckolded into a terrible charge of erotic excitement as they claim their partner. Lay explains this biological urge sometimes referred to as as a competition theory, first that watching your partner with a, another person can lead to the cuck having more intense orgasm, more uh, more human reproduction material in their ejaculate physically being able to have sex soon after having orgasm, but as soon as they should have a factory period. So yeah, competition works between my partners and myself as part of cuckolding. 
I would say, um, Cuckolding is actually quite calm. Believe it or not, cuckolding fitness is actually much more common than you think. A one survey of 4,000 conducted by the Kinsey Institute researchers and social psychologists, Justin Lay Miller, PhD, found 58% of men had fantasies about sharing their partner with other men. Many women have this fantasy too, but there does seem to be a gender difference here. Lay Miller tells it. I'll just say 50% of that there are many people who have fantasies about sharing their partner with other partners. Many people. Many other people have this fantasy too, but there seems to be human differences here. Um, data from porn sites also show cuckolding is a popular fantasy research conducted by neuroscientists O.G. Ajas and Sakadam in 2011 found that cuckolding is the second most searched heterosexual porn category on the internet. As I've seen before from Pornhub, found 1.75 million people search for some variation of cuckold every month on the site's top 100 search terms. I would say that all these things are true for people of gender and sexual diversity too. Cuff coding versus hot partnering. I don't want to say hot wife, I'm going to say hot, part, hot uh, partnering. While cuff coding and hot partnering are often used interchangeably, they're not exactly the same. Hot partnering for someone who wants to show up their hot partner to other people. Again, my partners and I, we love to do that with each other. Call it a stag instead of a cuff. The person usually helps choose who their partner will have sex with and is much more in control of the situation. My partners, now that's what we do with each other. Cuckold, on the other hand, is more about being cheated on and traditionally involves more submission even in relation with a partner, for the person whose partners I'm saying other people. Yeah, there's no bad humiliation or bad submission, if anything. If their simulation is a part of the mutually consensual sexual roleplay, and submission and dominance and a mixture of the two are all a part of our sexual roleplay and mutually enthusiastic consent. That is very true. So again, there's no affairs, um, no infidelity, and all mutually exciting consensually sexual behaviors going on between us. Okay. For example, some male cocks deserve pleasure from the partner going to him about how their quote fool could please in ways that he could not spread specifically to size. Let me restate that in a fully inclusive way. For example, some Cucks derive pleasure from their partner gloves them about how their bull could please in ways that they could not specifically do their side. Um, my partners and I, when we do that, it's purely mutually exciting sexual roleplay. Okay, how to try cuckolding. Like all sexual fantasies, cuckolding is easier said than done, especially because you have to find a willing third party that, you, that both you and your partner are comfortable with. Now think about sexual fantasies that you always want to consider. 
is if cuckolding is something that you would both enjoy in real life, or is it harder when you simply talk about it in bed or other sexual settings, watching porn, etc.? Of course, you never know until you try, but bringing a third partner definitely bring in drama, so you want to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, our third parties are great, and it's as hot when we talk about it anywhere and see it in porn anywhere. And it's something we both enjoy in real life. How to talk to your partner. Like exploring any sexual fantasy you make, you want to choose your timing wisely, stellar hair, sex educating out there, tongue tied, untangled communication, sex kinky relationships, tell the BG. Delicate conversations go best when there's no time restraint and everyone's in a good mood. It's also helpful to make sure your partner's game for having conversations about sex. Stella suggested saying something along the lines of, I'd love to talk about some fantasies together. Are you up for that? She initiated the conversation about cuckoldings. She also suggests explaining what about cuckoldings is intriguing to you. If you're not quite sure, refer to the above list see if any of those stick out to you. To ensure that your partner doesn't mean doesn't make any assumptions about why you may be into cuckolding as a full guide to bring up open relationship to your partner. How to find a third party. One of the men I spoke to about his experience cuckolding, let's call him Daniel, met a cop and his wife at work. A couple came in to ask about installing Wi-Fi in their home when the husband noticed Daniel checking out his wife. Then she explained that they were swingers and loved to watch Daniel have sex with his wife. But it was porn-like scenarios and always feasible in real life. You don't want to make an awkward scenario when someone you might run in at work months later. Hey, some people have it well on their job and who are we to stop them, right? And it may be not awkward for them. There are many apps available for finding kinky friends lovers such as Field and hashtag open plus more old school sites like FetLife. I'll be using those sporadically though. You can also use a quote unquote regular dating app like Tinder. I will sporadically. Simply explaining your profile exactly what you're looking for. If you prefer to meet people in real life first, I recommend checking out the local kink scene in your area. And some workshops where it's even play parties and sex parties, which I'll be doing all of the above. See if there's anyone that strikes you your party's fancy, I will be doing that. But again, you can have the success as a member of gender and sexual diversity too. Cuck holding do's and don'ts. One, do take it slow, unfortunately. Many people idealize the fantasy so much they are surprised to have strong unexpected reactions when they try to make a fantasy to reality, he says. Such as couples dip their toe in the water and find gentle, slow ways to ease into exploring these fantasies with lots of room for check-ins and communication about feelings, reactions, and fears. Some ways to try dipping your toes in the water could be watching your partner flirt with a stranger at a bar, watching porn together, having your partner a webcam, and FaceTime sex with someone else while you watch it, even something as simple as talking to your partner about whom they find attractive. Another simple gateway to non-monogamous and threesome level, this is also a big step that you want to adequately prepare for. So, we do number one. Number two, don't try to convince your partner to do something they're not into. You'll find self-proclaimed experts on the internet trying to teach you how to trick your partner into cuckolding you. Please don't do this. Consent is important in all sexual acts, no matter how kinky, if they're not into your sexual fantasy. It's important to respect that. So, yeah, we honor number two. Do discuss what you're both comfortable with beforehand. As for any fans, it's important to think things go carefully for acting on it. Like Mallory says, did the cuck want to watch? Do they want to tell them every little detail after? Do you both want to select a third partner together? Do you want to set limits as to what kind of people you want to involve in your cuckolding? Do you want your partner to humiliate you? There are a ton of questions to answer together, even after you both turn on by the same general fantasy. 
Make sure you're both on the same page beforehand so nobody's feelings are hurt later. The bottom line is always communication with all parties involved to make sure everyone is fully aware of needs and boundaries are assessed. It's always okay to take a break or charge, change your mind at any time. Number three, we honor that. Four, don't completely objectify the third party unless they're into that. Fortunately, it's oftentimes the third partner that's invited to play with the couple ends up getting treated like a sex toy with cuckolding and with threesomes. Cuckolding in particular, there are a lot of racial dynamics and frankly outright racism at play that are worth being well informed about to make sure the way you go about exploiting your fantasies doesn't do any harm, Harris says. With certain kinky exceptions, most humans would like to be treated as humans. Me and my partners, that's the only way we treat each other. Not like an accessory to your partner's sex life. Yeah, that's how me and my partners, we treat each other. And both things, we treat others just fine. We treat others well in both ways. Um, make sure to extend the same communication and respect to your new third partner that you do to your primary partner. So number four, we, we honor that. Number five, we take safety precautions. As always, make sure to both get tested use protection before particularly before partaking in any sex with your partner. Um, even if you've both been monogamous for a significant amount of time, and of course, it's sure that you're part of your sex beforehand as well. Number five, we honor that. The bottom line, at the end of the day, it's awesome if cuckolding something you want to explore with your partner. It can absolutely be a fun way to express your sex life or experiment with non-monogamy. Or if you and your partner decide that cuckolding is something that's too intense for a real-life scenario that, but totally fun is a fantasy only, that's totally, that's totally cool. Um. And another thing I want to talk about is the fact that as I say in closing, I am non-binary. Also sometimes abbreviated as NB. Non-binary is an expressive term that describes women that didn't exist outside of the gender binary man slash woman says hindership. I'm gender fluid. Typically describes someone's gender varies over time. Gender fluid folks may fluctuate among genders to express more than one gender at the same time. I'm gender queer. Expansive term that can describe women that didn't exist outside of traditional understandings or definitions of gender. In other words, not aligning with cisgender heterosexual gender norms, particularly though this can also be a bit more of an umbrella term like the term queer alone. It may mean different things to different people. Um, I'm gender expansive. This term describes a person whose identity ex expands far beyond the limitations of society's typical understanding and expectations of gender, says hotter ship. And I'm gender creative. This term describes a person who can access and express their gender in ways that feel right in each moment, regardless of expectations, norms, and roles, and their broader, more flexible relationship to gender gives them a lot to work with. Says Otter Ship. I'm gender creative. That's me. So yes, I am a gender non-conforming person. Also, let's talk more about me, so...
I am I'm queer. The definition defines queer something optional to wear, but the word has since been reclaimed and defined. These days, queer is an umbrella term that sometimes describes anyone within the LGBTQ plus community. The term also provides a sense of community for those who may not fit into one of the other categories we just love, but also to identify a shared gender. I'm queer. Um, pansexual. Someone identifies as pansexual experiences attractive folks regardless of sexual gender identity, so that's me. Some I'm fluid. Some people describe themselves as sexually fluid. A person who is fluid explains their sexuality, sexual identity is changing over time in different contexts, but they have more fun out ways to lose attraction. So I'm fluid. I'm also demisexual. Demisexual falls on this asexual spectrum. It describes one who only spends sexual action to folks that are here. That have a strong romantic or emotional relationship. But sometimes I am demisexual. Not all the time, but sometimes I am. Autosexual, they wish they were too busy to have sex with self and to yes, they might be autosexual, but I'm assuming sexually attracted to themselves, so that would be me. Um, sometimes I'm autosexual. I'm a sapiosexual. You might be seeing this word used in social media dating app files more often than say sapiosexual. Someone whose attraction is based on intelligence rather than sex or gender. That would be me. I'm also spectrosexual. Spectrosexual, sexually medical attracted to a wide range of sex and gender identity. So yeah, I'm spectrosexual. Lastly, this is what I want to say. Um, I am attracted to people regardless of gender, lack of gender, and I'm attracted to people regardless of gender identity, sexual orientations. Sex characteristics. Other labels like bisexual just don't feel right for me and I'm comfortable with the label. So now that I've gotten everything about me sexually, I can honestly say that I am finished. Discussing my fucking.